My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. I am Iron Man. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Post Credit Podcast. I am your host, Eric Italiano, senior writer at ProBible.com. Today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kate Onder, who you can find writing about video games over at comicbook.com. We also have our pal, our buddy, Brandon Katz, who you can find analyzing analytics over at Parrot Analytics. Now, as you might have noticed, I do not sound that great. I am recording through my Bluetooth headphones. That's okay, because this is the last that you are going to hear of my voice during the show. I have been on vacation. I have not seen Spider-Verse yet. Luckily, Brandon and Kate have. So they are doing me the solid of chatting about the show for you all. So with that, I'm going to pass it to them. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're really doing so much of a solid to talk about an awesome movie that we would talk about online with each other for free anyway. Yeah, we, uh, it, Eric, you're really missing out. Like, do they not have movie theaters in San Francisco? <laughs> I don't know, Kate. I don't know if you've gone on a big trip with a girlfriend yet, but but the itinerary is not something that you have much control over. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, if I could see <laughs> movies in Israel when visiting long distance girlfriend, you can get it done, Eric. You just don't care yeah. about spread pod. It's true. Girlfriend in Israel, just like I got my first hand job at sleepaway camp from a girl you've never heard of before. She goes to another school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Kate, I like that you came to play today wearing your Spider-Man mm-hmm. t-shirt. So you are very movie. much in the zone already. Yeah, it's been a Spider-Man week. I got uh, my Fun- no one can see this, but my Funko Pop of Tobey Maguire. Cool. I got a mug of Spider-Man next to me. I got Spider-Man all over the place. We are we are in the, we are in the Spider-Verse. Yeah, you're deep in the and the web. I like that. Uh, when I went and saw the movie, I wore this shirt. And when I came out, there was another guy wearing the shirt too. And I was like, "You're my, you're my variant." <laughs> I like that. All right. So speaking of variants, I think that's a, a nice little segue into this kind of overarching topic. As anyone who cares about genre entertainment can tell from the last several years, multiverses have become a very particularly popular subtrend and we've seen it you know i think kind of first on the cw with it with the Arrowverse. we've seen it in marvel and dc we've seen it in rick and morty we saw it in the best picture winning everything everywhere all at once and we have it here in the spider-verse films but i think i want to start to talk about because this is now the go-to trend both in and outside of franchises what do you think it is about the spider-verse that sets it apart what do you think the genre should learn from those lessons Spider-Man, right? Like that's that's definitely like it's it's very on the nose, but like Spider-Man is is the selling point in every universe. Spider-Man is always the best guy, right? He's right. he is the best of us, but at the same time, he is one of us. He can make flaws and mistakes, and or he has flaws and he makes mistakes. And um, but it, it shows that throughout this this movie in particular shows throughout the Spider-Verse that that's all part of the journey. Right. Right. And, and that's, that's very, very, 
meaningful and special and it shows <laughs> you're getting uh, your hallmark moment in right there yes and, and i i think also you know it it makes a very interesting uh point that all of these tragic events that happen to spider-man are fates that is what is holding the universe together so to speak um which i think is really interesting um but also i think just the willingness to have fun with the multiverse it's really weird besides everything everywhere all at once I don't think anyone's really gotten too fucking wacky with these movies, right? Yeah, There's I mean, no. I think we expected a complete and utter mindgasm of fuckery from Multiverse of Madness, and it, yeah. it really wasn't that. And in fact, the fuckery came from like the massive plot holes in that film that sure. were, you know, obviously not the intention of of let's get weird. Yeah, no, like someone else pointed out is like the most creative thing they could think of in Multiverse of Madness is that red lights are green lights or whatever like it's, it's inverted and it's like yeah that is pretty pretty stupid um <laughs> we're just a bunch of wacky and crazy dudes you know like Marvel, marvel's really thinking outside the box like we got it we got our multiverse over here they're doing things a little different um <laughs> you put the cheese under the sauce like chicago pizza style yeah, in the multiverse. yeah um but uh yeah, this movie's like, what if Spider-Man was a dinosaur? What if Spider-Man was a car? What if Spider-Man was Legos? You know, just like, what does all of that look like? And we're going to jump through all these different locations and show you all these different variants and still have a heart at the center of it. So it's it's not afraid to get weird because that's what these movies need with the animation, the music, the characters, the locations. Um, it's just willing to be as creative as possible. And I think that's something the multiverse is lacking right now um at least on like a weird level because i think like the flash is like a cool idea i think on paper of you know flash has to go back to the start of the dcu basically with man of steel and do whatever it is they're going to do there and uh, i like all that stuff but get weird you have literally right. infinite possibilities with the multiverse and no one is capitalizing it on on it besides these movies i i will say i agree with everything you're saying but i also will say you're sometimes constrained by your medium and like your distribution yeah. platform. So it's like animation, things are just inherently a little bit more liberal with what you can get away with and sure. what you can portray. And then I look at something like the CW's Arrowverse, it's network television yeah. and it's geared at, you know, to be a very simplified kind of very uh, emotionally and thematic straightforward thing that 13 to 18 year olds can really geek out on so i get why it is for lack of a better term dumbed down and i get why it's not necessarily super weird because you can't you don't have the space to experiment like that but having said that you know i i agree i think there's been a problem with a lot of uh these types of experiments and that is people forget that this is supposed to be limitless yeah. and yet you know i, I think we look at like Mar the, the multiverse madness and it's very I know it's very prepackaged. Do you know what I mean? I, I think the the other thing is the the multiverse is now for these studios and and the franchises is is not so much a tool for the limit of your imagination. It's just like oh, we can go to the other movies that we made and we exactly. can bring them in. And like that's all it is to a lot of these studios is you know we got Michael Keaton coming back. We have um uh probably other people in that movie that I've seen online already and I don't want to spoil. But uh <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't um, want to hear it. I want to be surprised. <laughs> um and then Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Thank Lynch. you Shade because I did not want that spoiled either. I I almost slipped up. <laughs> Resident Batman guy 
checking in here to please say shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) i almost slipped up but uh yeah like it's it's just been used as a tool to i don't i love no way home i really do a lot of people have said that is a movie that is held up by nostalgia i don't think that's completely accurate but it, it, it is you know that is the multiverse aspect of it is using a lot of nostalgia and that is what the flash will do um so you know Spider-Verse isn't doing that, really. You get a couple glimpses of some things you will recognize, but it's largely brand new stuff. Yeah, so so I have a bunch of thoughts kind of prepared for why I think Spider-Verse stands out from the pack, though. You know, there are entries that I mentioned that are using multiverse stories that I think do do well, but when a genre becomes dominant in pop culture, you know, or or, or overly saturated or, or popular and very frequent, we, we finally get like a course correction where studios will try you know, just, just a whole handful of different takes on the genre in order to differentiate, you know? So Star Wars ushered in like a, a huge explosion <laughs> of sci-fi, but a lot of them were in that kind of pulpy space opera, you know, uh, a vibe where it's more simplified. It's kind of upbeat. It's a sci-fi romp. And right. then that was quickly followed by like Blade Runner 1982, which is like this morose, you know, esoteric <laughs> sci-fi noir where everything's miserable and, and wet. So there's a lot of different course <laughs> corrections, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sly Sloan, these beefy leading men that gives way to like Bruce Willis and Die Hard, the everyman who's just getting by with pluck instead of actual like muscles or coolness, which is great. As somebody who reps Blade Runner hard, that has to be the best description I've ever heard for it. <laughs> Miserable and wet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Rick Deck. It's just Harrison Ford really playing himself and just scowling in the rain with a cool coat. And that's it. That's so, all you need, baby. Just vibes. Hey. Exactly. And then, you know, if, we, if we kind of fast forward to like the superhero genre, we've got things like The Boys, which is, you know, very deliberately over the top and, and raunchy and already we've got Doom Patrol, which is extremely weird and, and supposed to be like very comedically out there. We've got Joker, which is this psychological character study and all of them deliberately intentionally setting themselves apart from the genre in terms of tone, style, subject matter. So I, I love that that's the trend that we take because everyone wa- recognizes it's, it's become a pattern and they want to do something different. I think a lot of these multiverse stories, not all, but a lot, and coming back to what you said, use the dimension hopping mechanics of the multiverse as the central storyline. That right. is the meat and potatoes. And it's that they're traveling and discovering new worlds. And that is the driving engine of the story. Usually, like you said, in service of stuffing whatever show or episode or, or movie it is with as many cameos and team ups as possible to kind of IPFI everything to maximize dollars. And I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I think Spider-Verse is very much the opposite that, of that. You know, the plots are very simple if we just look at them and, and tear it down into the Spider-Verse. Bad guy science experiment has to be stopped. All takes place in one dimension. Boom. Mm-hmm. You know, across the Spider-Verse, got to stop the bad guy and get home to my world to save my dad. Very simple. And the plots here aren't the engine. The characters are. And the plot is more so the road that they travel on. And I think even with across the Spider-Verse with more cameos and team up, team ups, there are arcs set up for pretty much every character, even the non-superhero characters. I think the, you know, the second movie was at its very best Less so when it was traversing the multiverse and more so when it's it's using that to uh, uh, using its fantastical hook to illuminate like the struggles of parenting, the need for kids to rebel and to establish independence, you know, the need for parents to grow enough to let them go do that. The idea that we all have to move forward after trauma, not let it define us, which is really kind of what these canon events for mm-hmm. all these spider pe- people ha- have done. So uh, I-, I think overall, if we kind of zoom out, 
we're still talking about superhero fatigue 15 years into this contemporary superhero boom that we find itself in. And I don't necessarily think it's that type of genre fatigue. It's more like audiences get tired, not wanting to sit through the same story over and over with just different characters, different colors. It's it's when you feed them something fresh and something innovative and something that remixes these archetypes, these beats of the genre without losing them completely. That's when you're more inclined to find your audience. And that's what it seems like these Spider-Verse movies have done and, and been able to stand out and made like a very crowded field. And rant. Yeah, no, perfectly well said. Um, yeah, character is at the center. Spider-Man, we know, is a beautiful, well-loved, well-written character in every carnation that he's ever been in, I think. Uh, well, I shouldn't say every, but um, most most incarnations, Spider-Man's a very uh, beloved character and easy to latch on to, and it's easy to understand his struggles. And Miles Morales especially is a very unique thing here because he's the only Miles Morales, at least right. in this movie. Um, and uh he's presented with this you know situation where he has to kind of break the mold and be like no i'm i'm my own spider-man i am not peter parker that means i'm gonna try my own thing um which i think is a very interesting thing and especially feels like some commentary on maybe on the um miles morales not spider-man thing that nerds on the internet have been saying for 10 years now where they don't like a black person as spider-man but <laughs> humanity is terrible as as i feel like we 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 agree upon at least once per episode on the show <laughs> it's it's you know it's like it's okay we see fucking five million spider-men in this movie it's okay for one of them to be black i promise you it's it's okay <laughs> we have female spider-mans we have we have anthropomorphic pig spider-mans we, we have a car yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah. So now that we've kind of done overview thoughts, I want to know how did you feel about the cliffhanger? Because I have some very mixed feelings. Um, it is it it. I'm confused as to why they removed the part one from the title at this point. Because uh, I think that I I think people it would have just made more sense. It is a two part movie. This is not a movie that has like a, a traditional trilogy, like three. Yeah, I trilogy. guess. Yeah. But you know, I, it's like this, it's a weird semantics thing. It is. Yeah. Like it's, it doesn't necessarily feel like, so like Avengers infinity war, that was a movie that was like infinity war part one and two, I think at one point. Right. Yeah. And then they changed that to be just infinity war end game. Infinity War feels like a complete story, right? Like if you leave infinity war and there's no end game, it's like, I mean, that was a complete story. Thanos won. That's just it, right? And you're like, that's a conclusion to that story. Um, but uh, this movie, it's like, I don't know. Some characters get some little bits of resolution. Like Gwen, I would say, probably has like the most completed arc. But I, I think I Miles... I would still say Miles has a very good arc, though. He does. I, I would say it's like 80% finish. Like, it's, it's like you get a lot of it and you can see where it's going. But I do think there's some lingering threads there. But um, yeah, I was ready to watch that movie for another hour at least. Just <laughs> like I was really uh, peeved that they decided to cut it where it was. It was satisfying in a way to be like everyone just goes, oh, no. <laughs> but it was it was a little frustrating. That's the thing. I immediately want more. And I get that that's the point. And in that sense, mission accomplished. Your cliffhanger has me on the edge of my seat for more. I'm going to be in line opening weekend for part three or whatever. But at the same time, 
I, I still understand why, you know, they open with Gwen who gets a really great fleshed out uh, background and texture. And so to the point where then her and Miles finally meet up again, we know there's so much more going on beyond the, the cocky, confident, like I've got everything under control, girl. We, we get backstory for a lot of other spider people. We get, again, like I said, amazing parenting, you know, uh, emotional beats from so many different characters. So I get how they did not have enough space. And Phil Lord and Chris Miller have talked so many times about how they really, it took them several months to realize, oh, wait, we're not going to be able to do this in one story instead mm -hmm. of trying to fit it all. So I get the logistics of that. At the same time, I really would not have minded them wrapping this story up in one film because it, it was so great and bursting with energy. And then maybe retract and go a little bit smaller for the third film in the trilogy, which I understand is not a traditional thing. <laughs> you, you, in Hollywood, you have to keep going bigger. But I actually think that would have helped them coming back to our first question stand out from the crowd because all of these multiverse stories keep just getting bigger and bigger and crazier. I think it, had they gone back down to size with, you know, a couple key characters, once again, uh, you know, wherever Miles goes, I actually think that would have been really refreshing, particularly given how big they swing in Across the Spider-Verse. So I, I have mixed feelings. I, I would have preferred a more complete story, but obviously I think they knocked this out of the park and obviously I'm going to be here for part part three. I think what's worth noting, though, like is and you kind of said a little bit of this is that they don't like waste time in this movie. You know, like every moment is earned and like doesn't because there's a problem with some part one, part two stories is the part one is like they don't it's have enough. Yeah, like up. like uh, I, to a lesser example, I think this movie is still pretty good. But like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one. Yeah. Is like the setup for the massive fucking orgasm of Harry Potter stuff, in and it the drags a lot. Two. It does. Um, and this movie is two and a half hours, and it you get your money's worth. You get all the action, you get all the fun, you get all the emotional beats. Um, so they, I don't know how they could have reined it all in, given like I said, this is a two and a half hour movie already. Um, it does excite me to see what they may do next. Yeah. uh because i i it, but i think the thing about the cliffhanger is i don't know i don't know where this goes and i love when a movie does that where it's like i'm really lost like they you know plant a couple seeds with the team of spider people going to come look for miles but um i, mean, I got no fucking idea <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that looks like so not knowing where it's going i think that's actually a good kind of launching point because the spider verse as i as i i refer to all spider-man related projects in entertainment right now is sure. crazy okay yes. so here, here's just a list of of what is now like confirmed to be in varying forms of uh de development so we've got we've got craven the hunter el muerto venom 3 Beyond the Spider-Verse, Madam Web, Silk, Spider-Society, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Man 4, a live-action Spider-Woman movie, a live-action Miles Morales movie. So across movies and TV, that's a lot of spider shit. You know, that is a yeah. lot. So after this movie, how do you feel about this fledgling, growing empire of spider things? Like, are you, are you more excited? Are you less excited? Because this is such a great installment. And then when I look at this, rash of milking attempts i'm like i don't know guys you just put out 
one of what may be the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's a good point. And, and it's worth noting the Insomniac Spider-Man game coming out this fall is technically part of the Spider-Verse because yes. he's in the game. So, yes. um, and there's a Wolverine game that's probably connected to that game coming out too. So like now there's even other superheroes that are getting involved. I don't, I don't think Wolverine's going to show up and be on the Spider-Verse, but um, yeah, cool. no, the, uh, <laughs> the, um, the entire lineup that sony has is like whatever they do it's either they give creative control to whoever is making these movies and it's gold sam raimi the uh lord miller and um i think even to an extent when they let mark webb cook he was doing some good stuff like he had good ideas i think a lot of the bad ideas all all of his ideas were just rehashing the original raimi spider-man and (laughs) adding a bunch of complicated bullshit I will say this is all going to sound very weird when we get to our rankings because they're not super, super high. But um, I do think like the love stuff is very good. And I think some of the ideas with the the loss and trauma of Gwen was going to be interesting. But that's besides the point. Um, when they let their creatives do their job, they usually make something pretty good. When right. Sony is like, we want a Morbius movie, but nobody is coming in to pitch us a Morbius movie. So we're going to fucking just lay it out and give it to somebody. That's a let bad. Jared Leto take the wheel. Exactly. Like the El Muerto movie. Nobody's going into Sony. Like I got a brilliant idea for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, want to know how development wise that came to bay. It's gotta be just Sony's like, we don't have the ability to just use Spider-Man. Cause we have this agreement with Marvel so we need to figure out what villains we can leverage. And we don't want to use villains that they're going to want to use. Like, that seems to be the whole thing is like, Morbius is not going to probably pop up in a Spider-Man movie as much as I would like that. And El Muerto is certainly not. So <laughs> it seems to just be like, what do we have? And it's it's just very corporate. So some of those it's projects- Because outside of like IP, I actually think Sony does a very good job with a very diverse eclectic slate they, they mm-hmm. work with interesting filmmakers eric you want to you want to hop in here well i just want to say what happens if M- madame web is good i mean Are i want to be i like then does your tune change oh. it's, it's not necessary that like i'm against sony doing all this i i just find it wait, wait, coming back to superhero fatigue of course we want interesting different stories. If they find a way to do that, I think great. I'm open to it, but I'm someone who thinks the Venom movies are trash. Morbius <laughs> was horrible. I, I don't know if their quality control track record really speaks to someone who who's a studio that's going to be able to cultivate diverse, interesting stories that breathe a breath of fresh air into what is a somewhat stale genre. Not stale. That's not stale, but certainly overpowering yeah i would say from my point of view in terms of the only character that we have whose proliferation is similar to that of spidey is my boy the bat and i always say like look if you want to give me as much good batman shit as you want i'll watch it the thing is a lot of these spider-man projects don't actually involve spider-man so let's compare that to the batman world right you have something like the hbo max series titans which by all account is good but I'm not making time for that shit. Now, however, if that was a Teen Titans movie, I might be more apt to check it out. So I think the combination is of having a creator with something to say, but also finding the right home and format for, for it to align with the expectations of the project and character. 
Like, so yeah. we, we are going to be more forgiving for like the Amazon Spidey series that are coming out. Are you saying that? Like your barrier of enjoyment is a little bit less? Yeah, or, it, exactly. Or even like there's that, um, there's that Batman cartoon that HBO Max has sold off to Prime. It's like, do I need that to be the Dark Knight 10 times? Of course not. Am I going to tune in because my boy is in it? Absolutely. So, but when I think it comes to things like El Muerto, you build that up to be a hundred million dollar film. It's naturally going to tank. If you were to pitch that as like a goofy Hulu show, then maybe it's a different story. Yeah, I think that's fair. Context matters. Yeah, I mean, even thinking about like a Harley Quinn movie. Well, they tried a Harley Quinn movie. It didn't work. I mean, it was good, but nobody saw it. Um, <laughs> but uh, like the Harley Quinn TV show, I think is like a really good example of like, yeah, they're like, we're going to just get goofy with it. Like nobody at Sony is like allowing, aside from the Spider-Verse movies, allowing them to just make fun of things. Like you could probably do an El Muerto thing. Like you said, that's just a little tongue in cheek, whatever. I don't know. I mean, that name has no brand value, so I don't know if it really would work, but... Um, Ready for this? Peacemaker. Yeah. 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 Same thing. Like, Lord and Miller are in charge of the upcoming TV expansion of Sony's Marvelverse. I, I don't know why you don't just put them in charge of everything. They, they don't miss. Yeah, it's... And it goes back to, like, Peacemaker was obviously something James Gunn was passionate about. He wanted to make that. Nobody at Warner Brothers was like, hey, you go, you need to go make one of these. Like, nobody fucking said. They probably told him not to. Like, <laughs> and, and he was passionate, and he had a story that he wanted to tell, and it worked. So when you make Venom, you got to make a story that you are passionate about. When I mean, that's just the basics of storytelling is you have to make something you love. You can't just make something because of money because nobody's going to go see a Morbius movie off the Morbius name. If it was called Spider-Man colon Morbius, maybe you'd get some more butts in the seats, but then right. people would just be pissed leaving because they're like, where the fuck was he? Where was Spider-Man? Exactly. So, it's just a huge, I don't, I don't really know their strategy. You're more of the businessman. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this up. I want to rank all of the theatrical Spider-Man movies. And I, I want to say that I have waffled on this so many times because I've, I've ranked them so many different times over the last couple of years. And I'm, I'm someone who prefers live action to animation just as, you know, a personal preference. Sure. But I, I really went back and forth and have like rewatched a ton of this stuff recently. So I'm just going to start us off into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Spider-Man 2 across the Spider-Verse. So two out of the three are the animated ones because which which I would never would have predicted five years ago. Uh, Spider-Man, the original. No Way Home. Homecoming. Far From Home. Spider-Man 3. Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, Spider-Man 2. Across the Spider-Verse. The original Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man 3. Wild card for you. Uh, No Way Home. Um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I kind of like that movie. (laughs) I kind of like that. I love the web swinging stuff. Like, it just gets me going. The web swinging is great. That's probably the best web swinging in Spider-Man. And I like the Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker stuff in that movie. So it really really elevates an otherwise pretty shitty movie. Um, uh, After Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Homecoming. The Amazing Spider-Man, and then Far From Home. Wow, okay. Interesting. Eric, wait. Cade, Cade, quick. No, I, I would love to hear Cade, like, you know, three or four 
Spidey Spidey people cameos that he enjoyed most in the, in the this movie. Yeah, uh, the Lego Spider Man. I got a kick out of that. Um, the video game Spider Man. Not just seeing him, but also there's footage of the new game in the movie. Like uh, uh, Miles' roommate is playing the game on his PS Five. Oh, cool. so it's like yeah. super meta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, which possibly means Miles Morales is in that game that he's playing. You know, it's like I if you stop to think about it, it just breaks your brain. Um, the parked car, uh, Peter parked car. The <laughs> that was good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have a fourth one. I'm sure there is. I just it's I saw it a week ago, so I can't remember. And then for my rankings, I think I'm gonna go Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 1, into the Spider-Verse. Um I'll be interested to see which one you like more into the Spider-Verse or across the Spider-Verse once well, you see it. The Cade has that as his second all time. This like speaks huge volumes. I mean, across <laughs> the Spider-Verse is great. And I don't fault anyone who, who likes it more than one. I just think because it was it was, you know, a little incomplete by design. Sure. And I also found one is significantly funnier. Like one is, is laugh out loud mm-hmm. hilarious minute to minute, where this is like very much intentionally, okay, we're gonna make you cry a couple times. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong well, with that's that. That's the uh that that's the good old Empire Strikes back infinity war dark night thing you've got to make the second one super dark (laughs) no matter what uh all right boys is that all you've got for this sir i think that's all we got and you got to see this movie so we can talk about it more yeah i know this is probably going to be the first ticket that i pay to see since everything everywhere all at once which is obviously a good omen i want to thank my boys brandon and kate for doing this for me make sure to follow brandon at great underscore caspi and kate at kate underscore onder we will be back next week talking the other big multiversal superhero event of the summer, and that's The Flash. I also have a couple of extraction interviews coming your way with the director, Sam Hargrave, and the lead actress whose name pronunciation I will have down pat by the time I interview her, but just not quite yet. All right, y'all, and if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Make him an offer, Captain. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius.